Greetings, you're listening to podcast number 135 of Blast the Right. I'm your host, Jack Clark. Great to have you on board. Today, I'm going to address what seems to be the final big lie directed at Barack Obama, that he's a socialist who wants to take money from the middle class and give it to the poor. Huh? Also, I'll give you a couple of heads up about how you can protect your vote and join in to help throw the right wing out of power. Let's get right into it. Last week you heard how to debunk the right-wing talking points about Ayers, Resco, and Acorn. While those smears are still being promoted somewhat, a new one has arisen. It's a right-wing staple. When Obama was speaking with Joe the Plumber, Obama said it's good to spread the wealth around. Well, that, combined with Obama's plan for refundable tax credits and raising the tax rate on families, making more than $250,000 a year, set off a right-wing firestorm. McCain all but called Obama a socialist. At least in Europe, the socialist leaders who so admire my opponent are upfront about their objectives. I want you to get the real flavor of this. Here's Sarah Palin with Sean Hannity a few days ago. All right, but Barack Obama with Joe the Plumber has become such a big issue in the campaign. And we're talking about him again today. You're going to be talking about Joe the Plumber? Oh, I yeah. saw some signs when I was out there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm somebody the bricklayer. I'm yeah. somebody the hairstylist. We got him. But he doubled down. He was asked this week, do you regret saying spread the wealth? He said no. So what, what, is, what is that philosophy? Because the number one issue, obviously, on people's mind is about the, about the economy. It sure is. Well, it so sure what is. does that mean to you? Well, it, it means that um, finally Joe the Plumber was able to accomplish something that none of us have been able to accomplish, and that is to get Barack Obama to candidly finally state what his true intentions are for his tax increases. And that is to take more from our families, to take more from our businesses, what they have produced and earned, and then spread that out according to his own priorities. And with an Obama, Pelosi, and Reid trifecta there that could potentially be controlling Washington, D.C., I think our economy is in a world of hurt. Because as, as Joe the Plumber suggested, that hints at socialism is what he said. An anchor on a Florida radio station last week even point-blank asked Joe Biden. You may recognize this famous quote, from each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. That's from Karl Marx. How is Senator Obama not being a Marxist if he intends to spread the wealth around? Are you joking? Is this a joke? No. Or is that a real question? That's a question. (laughs) He is not spreading the wealth around. He's talking about giving the middle class an opportunity to get back the tax breaks they used to have. What has happened? Just this year, people making $1.4 million average, the top 1%, good, decent American people, are going to get a new $87 billion tax cut, a new one on top of last year. We think the people should be getting that tax break or not continue to redistribute the wealth up. We think middle-class taxpayers should get a tax break. That's what we think. It's a ridiculous comparison, with all due respect. She couldn't resist taking a closing shot at the end of the interview. Getting back to the spreading the wealth question, what do you say to the people who are concerned that Barack Obama will want to turn America into a socialist country much like Sweden? I don't know anybody who thinks that except the far right wing of the Republican Party. Okay, Senator Biden, thank you very much. 
As we discuss this, you can pick and choose what elements of the following to use, depending on whether you're guiding an undecided voter towards the righteous path or just blasting a persistent right-winger. And it's not just useful info for before the election. If Obama wins, this cry from the right of socialism will be with us all eight years. Sources you'll hear include Newsweek, the Interpress Service News Agency, MSNBC.com, the New York Times, MarketWatch.com, United for a Fair Economy, the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, and TaxFoundation.org. Interestingly, McCain isn't the first Arizona senator to call Democrats socialists. After Lyndon Baines Johnson agreed to run as John F. Kennedy's vice president, Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona wrote Johnson a letter. He said he couldn't understand how Johnson was able to embrace the socialist platform of your party. Johnson wrote back in part, I think all of us have to decide for ourselves what represents the socialist platform and what represents the reasonable consensus upon which a political party can honorably go to the country. Useful words for today. We all know how well Goldwater himself did in 1964 when he ran against LBJ. May that be a harbinger for 2008. McCain's socialism charge against Obama fails on three counts. A tip of the hat here to the blog Perspectives, Perspectives with two R's, for compiling some of the sources here. When I started researching, I came across a post of his, and he had sourced the info I was looking for. First, McCain is screaming socialism because, he says, almost half of the people who would get a tax refund under Obama pay no taxes. It's true they pay no income tax because they earn so little, but they do pay federal payroll taxes on every dollar of their income, not to mention state and local taxes. Second, and related, there's a bipartisan, widely supported federal program that already makes such refunds. It's called the Earned Income Tax Credit, begun in 1975 low-income working individuals and families receive a refund in excess of the tax they pay. Socialist? Well, Ronald Reagan called it, quote, the best anti-poverty, the best pro-family, the best job creation measure to come out of Congress. And in 1999, none other than John McCain called the earned income tax credit, quote, a much-needed tax credit for working Americans, close quote. So I guess Ronald Reagan and the 1999 John McCain were socialists. The third count that McCain's criticism fails on is the 2008 John McCain. His own current health care plan gives a $5,000 tax credit to each and every family, regardless of whether they pay income taxes. Another element of the right-wing socialist charge is that Obama won't renew Bush's tax cuts for the wealthiest Americans. Yet, in 2001, when McCain voted against those very same Bush tax cuts, he said, quote, I cannot in good conscience support a tax cut in which so many of the benefits go to the most fortunate among us at the expense of middle-class Americans who most need tax relief, close quote. And McCain has himself defended the entire progressive tax system in the United States, where the higher the income, the higher the rate someone pays. On the show Hardball in 2000, McCain explained, quote, We feel, obviously, that wealthy people can afford more. I really believe that when you are reach a certain level of comfort, there's nothing wrong with paying somewhat more, close quote. 
John McCain, class warfare advocate. Who would have thunk it? And remember, all Obama's plan does is restore the tax rates for the wealthiest Americans back to where they were under Bill Clinton, to 39.6% from 35%. Horrors! So for all these reasons, I hope you can see how ridiculous the socialist charge against Obama is. More to come. Stick around. She's just what the idiots want. She's exactly what the idiots want. She's a burger and fries in a French restaurant. She's just what the idiots want. Now, let's expand the frame a bit. You might want to ponder. Why do almost half of families with children earn so little that they owe no income taxes? The problem isn't that they're going to get a bit of help from the federal government. The problem is that our wage structure is so screwed up that people working full-time jobs earn so little that they can't support a family. Here's more food for thought. We've been having reverse Robin Hood, reverse socialism ever since Reagan took office. From 1980 to 2006, the richest 1% of Americans nearly tripled their share of the national income from 85 to 22%. Yet, their share of the tax burden didn't go up proportionally. You'll hear the right complain now over and over that the wealthiest 1% pay 40% of the income taxes. But to keep up with their 1980 ratio of share of income to share of taxes, their share of income taxes should now be 49%. Ever since Reagan, the tax burden has shifted to the rest of us. All Obama's plan does is shift some of the burden back where it was and belongs. And how about this? The wealthiest 10% of Americans own 70% of all assets in private hands. And they want more tax breaks. What? Do they want to increase that to 80% of the wealth? 90%? How about 100%? Maybe they can have it all. We can go back to feudal times. Everyone else can depend on the kindness and largesse of the lords and other nobles to survive. Finally, a word about corporate taxes. The right is forever going on and on about how heavy the corporate tax burden is. Can you hear the violins in the background? Are you getting out your handkerchief to wipe away your tears at this tragic situation? As with most things right-wingers say, the opposite is true. In 1952, corporations paid 32% of all federal tax revenues. You know what that percentage was in 2003? Must be way up there, huh? The heavily burdened corporations probably being forced to shoulder 40-50% of the load now. Must be for the right to be hollering and complaining so much. Uh, no. In 2003, 
the corporate share of the tax burden had fallen to 7%. Yes, you heard me correctly, 7%, down from 32%. And the right, including John McCain, wants to reduce it even further. What are the ramifications of having the type of severe economic inequality that Obama is trying to address and that the right wing with the 2008 John McCain as its cheerleader is trying to maintain and even increase? The United States is a member of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD. It's mostly composed of the United States and members of the European Union, along with a handful of other countries. The OECD puts out all kinds of reports. One of its recent ones addressed this issue. Right-wingers claim that economic inequality is fine because it gives the poor an incentive to improve their condition. Not so. It turns out that, quote, among OECD countries, social mobility, as measured by the relative earnings of fathers and sons, was highest in the Nordic countries where the rich-poor gap was narrow and lowest in Italy, Britain, and the U.S., all countries where the gap was significantly wider. Close quote. Only Mexico and Turkey have larger gaps between the wealthiest and poorest households than the United States. Only Mexico and Turkey have higher poverty rates than the United States. Nice, huh? And wouldn't you know it, quote, that gap has grown particularly large in the U.S. since 2000, that is, under the administration of President George W. Bush, according to the report, which found that the gap between the U.S. middle class and the wealthiest 10% has also increased, close quote, the poor and the middle class both being hosed by right-wing rule. Here's what the head of the OECD said, quote, Social mobility is low in countries with high inequality like Italy, the UK, and the United States. This means that in most high inequality countries, dishwasher sons are more likely to be dishwashers and millionaires' kids can assume they too will be rich. Close quote. For more on the lack of economic mobility in the U.S., you can check out Podcast 114. What to do about this? Social mobility can be promoted by government policies such as progressive taxation, improvements in the social safety net, job creation, and increasing investment in education. Precisely the policies that progressives advocate and that Obama has at least started on the road down. As an Oxford University economist put it, quote, If the government can take on the role of lender of last resort, then we should think about the government taking on the role of employer of last resort. Put bluntly, governments have to step up to the plate as Roosevelt did in the Great Depression. Close quote. In other words, we need a new New Deal. What would be the obstacle to this? Of course, the right-wing free market ideology that has held such sway in the United States and increasingly around the world since Reagan took office. Well, as you probably know, the entire free market ideology has recently taken some severe body blows, probably fatal. Everyone's watched as the Bush administration felt it necessary for the government to step in and rescue the financial industry. So much for free markets correcting themselves. And speaking of socialism, we've all heard the bailout truthfully described as socialism for the rich, privatized profit, socialized loss. More than just that, however, are the explicit ideological admissions that right-wingers have had to make along the way. On a minor note, 
the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission, Christopher Cox, said that he and other regulators have learned that, quote, voluntary regulation does not work. The lessons of the credit crisis all point to the need for strong and effective regulation without major holes or gaps, close quote. Of major note is the recent testimony of Alan Greenspan, former Federal Reserve Chairman. Greenspan, the god of free market worshippers. Greenspan, of course, had long opposed financial regulations, even on the exotic financial instruments, derivatives, that are the cause of the widespread and devastating nature of the current financial crisis. Here are some highlights from Greenspan's recent testimony. My congressman, Henry Waxman, really nailed him. The question I have for you is, you had an ideology. You had a belief that... um, that free competitive, and this is your, your statement, I do have an ideology. My judgment is that free competitive markets are by far the unrivaled way to organize economies. We've tried regulation, none meaningfully worked. That was your quote. You had the authority to prevent irresponsible lending practices that led to the subprime mortgage crisis. You were advised to do so by many others. And now our whole economy is paying its price. Do you feel that your ideology push you to make decisions that you wish you had not made? Yes, I found a flaw. I don't know how significant or permanent it is, but I've been very distressed by that fact. You found a flaw in the reality? A flaw in the model that I perceived is the critical functioning structure that defines how the world works, so to speak. In other words, you found that your, your view of the world, your ideology was not Right. It was not working. Precisely. No, that's precisely the reason I was shocked, because I've been going for 40 years or more with very considerable evidence that it was working exceptionally well. Yes. Give people whose lives are devoted not to creating products that people want to buy or works of art, but to manipulating money around with a solitary goal of making huge stacks of it for yourself. Give those people free reign, let them operate in secret, don't regulate them at all, and there won't be any problems? Talk about ideology-induced blindness. So, if you're talking to a right-winger about the financial system, or any issue for that matter, and he or she still dares to bring up the free market as some sort of a god that will solve the problem at hand, I guess you know what to tell them now. Thankfully, much of the public doesn't seem to be deluded this year. In a recent CBS New York Times poll, the question was, which economic class would each of the candidates' policies favor? Six in ten said McCain's policies would favor the rich. In direct contrast, a similar number said Obama's policies would favor the middle class and poor. 51% of the public told Gallup that they're in favor of heavily taxing the rich in order to redistribute wealth. Okay, a great new Rush Limbaugh audio clip up ahead. Stay tuned. Left, the right, the right. Left, left, the right, the right. Your one-minute voting report. Want to help spread the progressive word? Post a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. And vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. Keep us in the national top ten. 
That's it. A super quick one today because I want you to focus yourself on November 4th. Volunteer to help get out the vote that day and in the days before if you can. Thanks. Some Americans are obviously still deluded, and McCain is doing his best to keep it that way. Have you noticed his recent sleight of hand? Joe the Plumber asked Obama if he'd pay more taxes if he bought a business that made more than $250,000 a year. Obama said yes. It turns out, though, that in reality, Joe only earns about $40,000 a year. Joe would pay less taxes under Obama. But McCain, Palin, and all the rest have twisted things to make it sound like Obama would raise taxes on the $40,000 a year Joe. Joe is bought into this, as have many non-wealthy Americans. One of the reasons I've heard that many working and middle-class Americans don't want to raise taxes on the wealthy is that they hope one day to be rich, so they don't want to pay more taxes when they become upper class. Huh? Do the rich figure, maybe one day I'll lose my money, so I better advocate now on behalf of the poor and middle class? Of course not! The rich advocate on their own behalf. So, if you're poor or middle or working class, advocate on your own behalf now. If you become rich, then you can advocate on behalf of the rich. In fact, you're more likely to become rich if you advocate on your own behalf now. You'll wind up with more money in your pocket to invest. Here's a reminder of what we're up against. It's Rush Limbaugh recently on Fox News. I, I have, you know, as a human being, I have, I have all kinds of admiration for Senator McCain, and I, I, I truly hope uh, that, that, that his campaign pulls this out. It's, it's crucial. He represents... As the nominee of the Republican Party, the stop, the stop sign to this advance toward a far-left socialism. That word's being bandied about, too. And I was thinking, I heard Dick Morris talking about it tonight, and I got to thinking, how many people even know what it is now who are under 50? And how many people even think it's a bad thing? Socialism is taught in the schools uh, and, and colleges as a good thing. It's fair. It's from each according to his means and so forth. It's, but it's transfer of wealth. It, 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 it takes from the achievers. It punishes them. It gives to people who, uh, you know, who are not achieving things. It really, it, it, the Obama camp wants to fundamentally alter the way this country exists. They want to change the founding of this country, destroy the capitalist system. It is very, in my mind, extremely serious stuff. I ask you to imagine what Rush Limbaugh and John McCain would say. Imagine how the entire right wing would howl and scream if they heard what this American radical said about them. Quote, These economic royalists complain that we seek to overthrow the institutions of America. What they really complain of is that we seek to take away their power. Our allegiance to American institutions requires the overthrow of this kind of power. Close quote. Pretty strong words, no? Actually, I happen to have a live recording of this American radical when he uttered these horrible to right-wing ears words. Take a listen. These economic royalists complain that we seek to overthrow the institutions of America. What they really complain of is that we seek to take away their power. Our allegiance 
and our allegiance to American institutions requires the overthrow of this kind of power. In vain, they seek to hide behind the flag and the Constitution. But in their blindness, they forget what the flag and the Constitution stand for. Now, now as always, for over a century and a half, the flag, the Constitution, stand against a dictatorship by mob rule and the overprivileged alike. And the flag and the Constitution stand for democracy, not tyranny, for freedom, not subjection. requires the overthrow of this kind of power. Yes, that was FDR accepting his nomination at the 1936 Democratic Convention. So, if you're called a socialist, labeled a Marxist, told you're engaging in class warfare, just reply, well then, all that mislabeling aside, I'm in good company. FDR and I, progressives fighting for economic justice. That's just what we are, and just what we do. Son of a blue blood, born in the South. Raised in Texas, a foot in his mouth. Much pushed up, you got to go. Hit the highway, don't you know? Got him a boss named Cheney. This one's a real big brainy. He's a free wheeling dick. Never was my first pick. I want to give you a critical heads up about the upcoming presidential vote. The GOP has been tossing hundreds of thousands of voters off the rolls. If you go to vote and they say you're not registered, you should contact a voters' rights group. A good one is Election Protection. Their number is 1-866-OUR-VOTE. That's 1-866-OUR-VOTE. Take that number with you to the polls. You could also contact a political campaign like Obama's. You should cast a provisional ballot only as a last resort, since they're often not counted. Also. If you're at the polls and you witness problems or have concerns that you feel the public should be aware of, CNN has a voter hotline. Their number is 1-877-GO-CNN-08. That's 1-800-462-6608. Now, a pet issue of mine is electronic touchscreen voting machines flipping votes from Obama to McCain. There have already been reports of this occurring in several states in the early voting. This happened in 2004, votes flipping from Kerry to Bush. 
Now, what should happen is, at the first report of a touchscreen machine flipping votes, Obama or Democratic National Committee lawyers should be immediately sent to interview the voters in question. If the voters are credible and willing, a class action should be filed against the local and state officials in the voting machine company for denial of the right to vote or whatever the probably several legal grounds would be. Most importantly, a temporary restraining order should be sought to 1. Forbid any further use of the malfunctioning machines and all machines of that make and model. 2. Order the election officials to provide a secure method of voting. Paper and optical scan is one option. And 3. Impound the machines in question to be evaluated by a panel of experts appointed by the court and agreed to by the parties. Besides securing the vote, this might be a way to gain access to the trade secret protected software that the voting machine companies have refused to let the public see. Then we can find out if the vote flipping is actually part of some deliberate software programming meant to systematically tilt the vote towards McCain. Unfortunately, while the Obama campaign and the DNC have been fighting against the purging of voter rolls, they don't seem to be on the case at all with this vote flipping. I've been banging my head against the wall trying to get them to pay attention. Please try to publicize this need any way you can. Another very important and directly related item. I urge you, if you'll be voting on a touchscreen machine, bring a video recording cell phone with you. Record your vote. I'm trying to get all progressive advocates to publicize this idea. Sooner or later, we'll get a video of a vote actually flipping right there on the screen. Imagine the possibilities. The network news would play that clip. It'll go viral on YouTube. And the electronic voting machine fraud issue will be on the front page of every newspaper. A warning. In some jurisdictions, taping is illegal in the polling area. There's a website supported by some heavyweights like PBS and Common Cause called VideoTheVote.org. They told me that they were going to publicize this tape your touchscreen vote idea. They also said they'd put up a list of where taping is legal and not. You might want to go check out the site www.VideoTheVote.org. Finally, as everyone is saying, voting is not enough. If it's at all possible for you, on election day, if not also before, join in. Help out. On the Obama website, you can even download a list of swing state voters to call from the comfort of your home. Plus, the campaign is organizing calling parties in various cities and towns. On election day itself, the ground game is crucial. The Obama campaign website has a take the day off to get out the vote for Barack effort going on. In past years, the Republicans have had by far the best ground game, getting their voters to the polls far more effectively than the Democrats. This year, Obama seems poised to reverse that. His campaign has set up a massive get-out-the-vote operation. Please be a part of it. I remember back in 1972, I was in college in New York City at Columbia. I spent Election Day running up and down the stairwells of Upper Manhattan tenement buildings trying to make sure all the voters that had been identified as McGovern supporters had voted. This year, I can't go outside because of my breathing disability, but I intend to download some lists of names to call from the Obama website and do the same thing as 36 years ago. If you can do so, please, please do. We're so close. 
the minute McCain concedes, we can start the hard work of pushing Obama to be far more progressive. But before that, he has to get elected. We've got to stop the right wing in their tracks. I pray the result this year will be the exact opposite of 1972. A landslide for Obama, a vastly lopsided Democratic majority House of Representatives, and a filibuster-proof 60-seat-plus Democratic Senate. Godspeed to us all. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about Blast the Right, vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley, and write a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. If you're listening on Live 365 or Red Dragon 365, great to have you on board. Why don't you consider coming over to the podcast homepage, subscribing for free, and then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. You get to the podcast homepage by typing Blast the Right into Google, and I'm the first result. Thanks to Richard in Illinois and Ellen in Kansas City for help with this week's show. Music credits. The break music was The Schnee Speaks by KG House, combined with the alternate Blast the Right theme by Nye's Music. Just What the Idiots Want by The Demolitists, and Too Much Bush by Wang Dang Doodle. We'll close with a little bit of Taking My Country Back by Honky Tonkers for Truth. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on the data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. I'm also now posting transcripts of each show. They're also linked to off the podcast homepage. I love getting your comments. Keep them coming in. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. You can also call and leave a comment for me to play on the show. Just dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also leave a message on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. Now you don't know my name But you know who I am I'm your everyday work hard Play hard, raise kids and pray hard Common man And Lord knows I love this land That's why I'm taking my country back Son, you ain't been doing her right Oh, I've been watching you been treating my stars or stripes